So a few weeks ago, um, back around uh, the 1st of May, um, when we started construction on the uh, first phase zero of our future building and growth project, um, we encountered uh, a time capsule from 1967 um, when we cut the door, the new door into the sanctuary right here. Um, and we're very grateful to uh, those of you who, who remembered that it was there and have told us what, uh, what was going on um, and why it was there. If you were a part of the church uh, in 1967, would you stick up a hand? Lots of folks still around. Okay, hey, keep them up, keep them up. Do you remember the time capsule being there? A few folks, okay. All right, this morning we're going to find out what was in it. Brandon? Right now we're building a new set of double doors. Supposed to be finished by tomorrow. Right directly behind the stone monument is where we found it. Yeah, we just started chipping away at all the brick you can see. Saw a little bronze corner. That's when we just started working a little faster trying to get it out of there. Uh, so what we have here is right here in this area, right behind the stone monument, here was the existing wall of the church. You can see where we cut out this square. Um, and then we started chipping away at the block. And then that's when we found the bronze copper box that turned out to be a time capsule. Whenever uh, the church was first being built, I guess they thought it'd be really neat or really cool idea to take, I guess, important documents or paper, whatever it may be, to put inside there for years later on for someone to find them. This church, I know, was built in 1967. So it, it being 2023 and us now finding it, that's probably pretty cool for the people. 57, 56 years. This is my first time finding one. As far as for my other coworkers, I think it's our first time as well.
So the people at Lone Oak First Baptist Church in 1967, when they filled this copper box and sealed it up and set it behind the date stone, they wanted us to know something about them. At a fixed moment, a a snapshot, one portrait photograph in time. In our church's history, your parents and grandparents and some of you, all the things you wanted us to know about Lone Oak. Who they were. What they did as a church in 1967. Why they were together. There was... Uh, there were over a hundred different items inside the box, okay? And so I don't have them all up here, and because it's VBS week, it would be a terrible idea for us to put them on display immediately. Um, But I promise that when you come back on Sunday the 25th, we'll have a display set up um, with some of the uh, some of this stuff, so, so that you can you can see it. Some of you may recognize yourselves as um, uh, a younger version. Um, some of you may see your parents or grandparents or folks that you've known from, um, from our community for years. Uh, but they wanted us to know who they were. So some of the things that, that were in there, I'll hold some of it up. Um, there's a pictorial directory from 1966. Um, there aren't many of these still around, so that was good that they gave us that. There was um, uh, pictures of all kinds of choirs and uh, Sunday school classes and uh, just about every group in the church contributed their, uh, some picture of themselves. Um, There were class roles and membership lists and uh, there's an old hymnal from um, the 50s with a an, an ad for a revival uh, taped to the front of it. How many of you still read Open Windows? Yep, we've been doing that a long time as Baptists. Uh, the, here's a 1967 Open Windows. There were all kind of Sunday school uh, literature and material because they wanted us to know who they were, who was a part of the church at that time. Also included in there... Um, a picture of the, the pastor and the church staff. Ike McDonald was the pastor at that time. Bill Fowler was the uh, minister of music and education. You can tell that the music guy was in charge of assembling all of the stuff for the cap- time capsule because all the, the musical program of the church is included, right? You know he, was, uh, he must have been in charge of that. They also tell us what they did as a church. There are uh, building plans. Um, some of them probably could have been helpful to us in the, in the planning process. Um, there is, so years ago, we had all of the church bulletins bound into books so that we could keep up with the church's history. And if we ever wanted to figure out, we also had business meeting minutes and budgets and all that sort of thing. Um, and only a church nerd like me uh, is interested in that all the time. But the, we have... Uh, all of this, these uh, bulletins bound, 
so that um, we can look back and see, well, how did the church handle it? We say, for example, we knew this morning when we sang the doxology together that at the, the service where they laid the date stone in 1967, they sang the doxology at the beginning of the service. Is, the church can keep up with itself in that way. Well, there was a period of history uh, that we were missing that included the period right after the fire. And we just figured that the church was trying to figure out uh, how to do things again after the fire. And lo and behold, inside the box were all 18 months of bulletins and, and everything. It's all here. It's all here. Everything that that, uh, that church would want us to know about what they were doing. There was an, an article in the, the uh, Paducah Sun Democrat um, that when I saw it, it, it brought tears to my eyes at the, at the very beginning. Y'all know, because we've talked about it a lot, um, the whole reason that we are here at 3601 Lone Oak Road um, uh, was because the old facility on College Avenue at Lone Oak Road burned uh, on uh, the morning of, um, I think, January 6th, uh, 1966. Um, here's the, the uh, Paducah Sun the next morning, the headline. Church still burning, Baptists plan new one. Ike McDonald said, we're flat on our back, but we'll definitely rebuild. Other churches in the area have already taken up offerings to help us. The congregation held a meeting last night. That's the night, the, uh, the it was a, happened on a Sunday morning. The church met that evening at Lone Oak Elementary School to discuss the fire and start plans for a new building. The, this was one of many um, uh, headlines, but this one caught my eye. And the smoldering rubble of what the enemy would have said was the end of Lone Oak First Baptist Church wasn't. The church kept going. Um, they also wanted us to know um, more about the church's longer history. There's a, this jar, this was the time capsule from the, the College Avenue campus in the 20s. Apparently when the church burned, uh, somebody grabbed this capsule and took it to Miss D. Spears' dad, uh, Mr. Owen, and he, he held on to it until the church opened it together um, in a service um, in the summer of 66. And then it ended up back in the box uh, when it was um, sealed up in 67. There's uh, coins, some coins that were in circulation at the time of the, the 20s church. Um, and they added some coins to, from circulation from 1967. Just anything that, the, that classes could find that might indicate what was going on at the time. And then there's also uh, these here. There's several of these, and some of you may, may have, um, have these or you might have burned it. This is a, a mortgage bond on this facility. 
Bonds were issued in denominations of $100 and $500. And uh, the church paid 6% interest on these bonds on January 1st of every year to all the bondholders. In 1967, the church's budget was $120,000. We were, as Lone Oak, one quarter the size that we are today, and the, the church voted to proceed um, with building a million-dollar facility right here down the street. Included in the, the building committee hasn't heard, heard this yet, um, I think some of y'all might find it funny. Uh, included in the box were the talking points, the notes from the evening that the building committee presented the, the idea for this campus to the church. Somebody, <laughs> whoever made the presentation, we are already a large church. We became one years ago. It is not the policy of this committee to lead the church backwards rather than forward. To go forward is indeed a step of faith, but that is the only way to realize and achieve our spiritual destiny. To build for only for the present would be to refuse face to face or to refuse to face facts and to deny ourselves and future generations a great spiritual ministry. We must look to the future. We are in the center of the largest and fastest growing mission field in West Kentucky. The price of success in foreign missions is success in home missions, and this is home missions. And some of you all may remember when um, we were presenting the, the current building program to the church um, now in May of, or April and May of 2021. While this enterprise is certainly a step of faith, it is not nearly as big a step of faith as that taken by our church when she built a new building in the 1920s. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. The, the, the fact is, as we look at what we're doing um, with our, our present plan for future building growth, uh, the To Every Generation um, project, all of these things were the same 57 years ago as they are today. What we're working on now um, is no uh, greater step of faith than they took in 67. No greater step of faith than the church of 67 said they were taking in the 20s. One thing that was not in the box um, was six million dollars. <laughs> I was praying. <laughs> because they didn't bury what they had. The parable of the talents says to put what you've been given um, to the wisest use for the Lord's glory. So they showed us who they were and what they did as a church in 67 and why they were together. Um, they were together to exalt Christ, make disciples, and pass the torch. Even if they used different words, um, one of these bulletins, this one here, 
Um, yes, this one here. This church welcomes you. The master is here and calleth for thee. They're here for exalting Christ together and making disciples of, of Jesus for his glory and passing the torch to the next generation, passing the torch of faith in uh, our area and to the ends of the earth. We're in the middle of um, uh, this construction project. Phase zero is, is going. And, and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that when you come to church on Sunday, July the 2nd, uh, it will be different. The chapel entrance will be closed because they're digging the, the uh, new sewer uh, plumbing. It'll be a little bit different. Don't park out by the chapel that morning. But construction is progressing along. But in order to move to the next uh, phase of construction, um, we need to be able to put together uh, about $6 million worth of cash um, so that we don't burden the church um, with a large debt. Um, be praying, just as we have been praying. Uh, Lord, what's my part? Because there is um, a growing need for our children's ministry or preschool ministry to be taken care of uh, with the facilities that have been designed for them. We have young families coming to us. We have opportunity, just as they did in 1967, with growth in young families. And many of y'all are part of the young families that joined this church in that period. There is an opportunity for our church to equip the next generation. But as we think about God's word this morning and what he says about who we are as a people. Turn, in your, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're reminded that the stuff, I mean, a church that has burned, the, this, is, this is seared into the memory of the church. But the stuff that that goes into the buildings and the, the furniture and the fixtures and um, all of those things are temporal. They all pass away. We need not lay up those kinds of treasures for ourselves. Moth and rust destroy those. Fire burns them down. The things in the copper box... Um, Reflect the things that last, the, the people and the heritage of faith and the commitment that we have to the word of God and seeing it grow in the hearts of our community. Let's look together at 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1 and we'll go through 12. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones, 
being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but those for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let's pray together. Father, in these remaining minutes, we ask that you would show us from the truth of your word how you want us to conduct ourselves in in our lives and as your church, as your people, the people that you have set apart to glorify you, to go and make disciples baptizing in your name and to take your truth to the end of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go quick here. So we can see some things from this passage that look a whole lot like 1967 church uh, told us in the time capsule. Who we are, what we do as a church, and why we are together. Um, First of all, uh, Peter says here, um, we have come to Christ. That is, the the Spirit has drawn us to Himself, and we have come to Jesus forsaking everything else, surrendering surrendering what we would have had, surrendering what people think about us as Christians, surrendering all of those things our whole lives, giving it all over to be followers of Jesus. We have come to Christ. We desire God's word. Peter says uh, here, he says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. Now, there are other passages that uh, talk about the difference between um, milk and uh, meat, learning to grow in, um, uh, in godliness and Christ likeness and not staying at the baby stage where you need milk. That's not what Peter's talking about here. When he says long for the spiritual milk here, he's saying you can't live without the nourishment of the Word of God. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you come to Christ, you can't live without the nourishment of the Word of God. So long for the the pure spiritual milk. Um, Desire God's Word. When we think about who uh, who we are, we also enjoy one another. Um, Some of us enjoy uh, one, uh, one another. Some of us put up with one another sometimes. But that's because we're family. When you come to Christ and when you join uh, a church, when you are a community of believers, you are in that family. In the, in the time when Peter was writing, the most important uh, 
familial relationship was the one between brothers and sisters, the sibling relationship, okay? Not between mom and dad or between husband and wife. The most important uh, relationship in the context of that day was brothers and sisters. It's why the New Testament is full of references to, uh, to uh, other believers being brothers and sisters. And we are united through Christ as brothers and sisters in our own church. And some of us fight like brothers and sisters sometimes. Um, we are united in our own church and we are united with other believers as brothers and sisters. Right? right. But we have to treat one another as family all the time. That's what Peter means when he's, uh, he says, so put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Those are the things that tear at the fabric of our relationships. Sometimes uh, malice and slander, sometimes, to slander somebody, you don't necessarily have to be lying about them. You can just kind of roll your eyes when their name comes up and that tells the other person you're talking to everything they need to know. Is that very healthy uh, for the church? It is not. And Peter says so right there. Put away malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. What we do uh, as a church. So we, we know who we are. And then there's what we do. 1 Peter 2, 5. Verse 5 there. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We exalt Christ. That, that's what the church is called to do, to make much of Jesus to a world that watches and has no hope. We have the hope, and, and we are called to exalt Jesus and then share that with other people. We make disciples, verses 2 and 3. We teach others to long for this, the pure spiritual milk. Because we have tasted that the Lord is good, we know He's good, we want to see other people grow in understanding and experiencing His goodness too. And we pass the torch, verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they can see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The world watches the world sees in this day, my goodness, we were at the Southern Baptist Convention this week. And when you put um, 18,000 Baptists under one roof, you have about 24,000 opinions about how things are supposed to go. Um, there were, and I'll talk more about the, the convention when we meet tonight for evening worship, but um, there are 12,000 people in the room. And it's open. It's the, the world's largest business meeting, which is as exciting as you think it is. Um, but we also commissioned 39 missionary families to go to the ends of the earth, including two, two Lone Oak, uh, or a Lone Oak couple. Uh, and we'll be commissioning them as a church on July the 9th, so uh, make sure you're here that day. But the, the media could not be bothered uh, to write about the good things, they only had to write about the divisive things. But the world watches what we're doing. The world watches how we respond to things. The world watches to see if our actions match up with who we say we are. 
so do they, is Peter's question here. It's an instruction. Make sure that, you, that your practice matches your preaching. Then he tells us why we're together. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. He tells us that we are the living stones built on top of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. That uh, this, and the, the Old Testament, there's, there's a number of references Peter quotes uh, right here. He, Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. He is the cornerstone of the church. And all of us are built on top of him. To those who don't believe, Jesus as Messiah um, was, a, he says, a, a rock of stumbling. They can't, get, they can't get past Jesus not being qualified in their own minds to be the Lord of their lives, to be the Messiah. But he is. He's the cornerstone on which the church is built. And we are the living stones that are built on top of that. And we bring, as we are the living stones, we bring our spiritual sacrifices to him. The... Uh, the imagery of the, of the cornerstone and the stones built on top is meant to convey that, the, that we, the individuals who make up the church, are temples. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And P Peter tells us in this passage here, we are both temples and priests. As believers in Jesus, because of who Jesus is, we don't have to have anybody else to communicate with God on our behalf. Jesus is the great high priest for us, okay? So we are all priests. We can communicate with God ourselves. We can have communion and fellowship with God ourselves. We can go to God and ask him to forgive us of our sins. We don't need the Old Testament sacrificial system anymore. Ephesians uh, 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You've been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself, the cornerstone. So we are temples built on the cornerstone. He says we're a chosen race and a, a royal priesthood. Now, priests made uh, sacrifices on behalf of the people. Now we make our own spiritual sacrifices. We, don't, we can't depend on the work of the, uh, the animal blood that was shed to, to, uh, to save us from our sin. We have to depend on Jesus. In our Western understanding of, of this passage, it's very easy for us to see uh, how we might look at the spiritual or the individual benefits of sacrifices that we make, okay? might be easy to see the individual part. But there is a corporate for the whole church benefit when we are offering our sacrifices to God. He asks us to sacrifice our bodies uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. That means we 
conform ourselves and the way we act to his word. That we give ourselves to him. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We give him our praise, Hebrews 13. Through him, then let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. We sacrifice good works for others. We do stuff to help people. Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. We sacrifice money and material things too. Acts 2, 43 and 45. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together. And they had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. It's what the church does. We, we commit, when we come to Christ, we commit to surrendering our lives to Him. We surrender our praise to Him. We surrender uh, our actions to Him. We surrender everything that we have, everything that He's given us to, to return to Him because He is the great high priest Then we see that we are a holy nation, Peter tells us. Exodus 19, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, and these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. God had a design that everything would be perfect. He created everything to be perfect. And man messed all of that up. Happened at the very beginning. Some of you uh, may be here this morning, you're wondering how in the world could you be part of a spiritual royal priesthood? That sounds crazy. What does that, uh, what does that even, that sounds a little bit cultish. That we are temples and priests and set apart. That's just all religious stuff. Well, it... If it weren't true, people would have abandoned the faith, abandoned who uh, we are as believers, walked away years ago. I'm very grateful that the folks of Lone Oak First Baptist Church didn't do that. The folks who uh, discipled me, who taught me, who taught you, I'm grateful that they didn't abandon the faith, walk away from... From that, why would anybody want to pursue a God who just wants to be good people? To wants us to be good people if we get no reward. The fact is, we have a citizenship in heaven. That's the reward that we make these spiritual sacrifices toward. We worship. We worship God because of who He is, because He deserves it, and we're not worthy. But he gives us his reward for all eternity in heaven. Man messed it up so that we have no way to get back to God on our own. We have to rely entirely on Jesus and what he did to pay the punishment that we deserve. Then we respond to what he's done, to his invitation. We come to him by repentance and faith. We turn from the way we were living. 
and we depend on him entirely and surrender everything to him. Have you done that? Have you trusted in Jesus alone for salvation? There's nothing. It didn't matter if you were a member of the Lone Oak First Baptist Church in 1967 or if you're a member of this church today. If you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ and surrendered your whole life to him, then you don't have a place with him for eternity if you haven't given your heart to him. Would you do that today if you haven't? Would you stand and let's pray together? In just a minute, our ministers are going to be down front. They're going to... If you, if you have decided this morning, well, I'm not a part of that holy priesthood, I have no idea what it means to be saved and follow Jesus. And you want to talk to somebody about that, our ministers will be down front. Father, in this moment, we ask that you would be glorified, that you would use your word in our hearts, that you would help us to see how you want us to live, believing entirely that Jesus is the only way to know you, to follow you, and to see the reward of heaven with you. We pray that you would use this time in the way you see fit. Thanking you for the investment and ministry of the, the, the folks here at Lone Oak throughout every generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow. Be seated for just a moment. Uh, while y'all are sitting down, I'm going to ask our Cuba team to come on up. Um, obviously, VBS starts tomorrow. If you're going to be here in the morning for Vacation Bible School, um, please extend lots of grace to everybody uh, because the first day of VBS is uh, some extra kind of crazy. Um, while all the kids figure out where they're supposed to go and the parents figure out how it all works and the workers figured out how it all works. And oh, by the way, this year we've lopped off half the building um, that they can't use. So uh, it, tomorrow morning will be a little nuts. Just give everybody lots of grace. Next, uh, later this week, we are sending, as soon as VBS is over, we're sending 16 to uh, Cuba 
and to continue our work with um, our friends in the Eastern Baptist Convention. Uh, and here are most of them. Uh, Alec Rudy, Annie Jones, Ashlyn Garner, Ethan Rivera, Lindy True, Logan Davis, Nehemiah Coomer, Noah Toller, uh, Peyton Arnett, Rachel Lowe, Crystal Arnett, Jeff Wallace, Kenny Reynolds, Lexi Brindley, Joe Yarbrough, and me. And we're going, uh, we'll be gone from um, this Friday night until uh, the next Thursday. We'll be working with um, some of the churches in Hatabonico and Santa, uh, Santa Clara and Placetas. Uh, so uh, be in prayer for this group as we go. It's, it's, the end of June is exactly the time you want to be in Cuba um, because uh, the, the heat and the humidity. Um, so pray that, pray that the Lord would bring, uh, bring us grace and rest as we work and we would keep on working uh, as long as there is day to do it. All right? Anything you want to add to that, Jeff? Just continue to pray. The Lord's doing some great things through church planning, to church that we, uh, that we helped start March 14th. It's almost busting at the seams now, so we're excited to see uh, be on site. That's incredible. So what he said, there's a church we planted in March uh, that's already busting at the seams. See, in Cuba, you're not permitted to start or to build new church facilities. It has to happen in a house. So through the Eastern Baptist Convention, uh, we help facilitate um, pastors who build houses that also people come to uh, when they meet. So we, we build house churches when we go to Cuba. So be, be in prayer for uh, all these, all these uh, students and adults as we go. Let's stand together and we're going to pray for them. And that will conclude our service this morning. Father, as we go this morning, we pray that we would go out with joy. Knowing that you have called us to serve you, knowing you have called us to follow you, knowing you have called us to make disciples in your name. We pray particularly this morning for these 16 who go to uh, a part of the world close by, but that's not real keen on our being there. But we pray that your church would grow there in ways that it has, uh, that we've not even seen before. That you would use the work of uh, these 16 and the Eastern Baptist Convention of Cuba. That your word would spread across that island nation. No matter what those in leadership or authority may have to say about it. We pray that you would keep them safe. We pray that you would keep them in your hand the whole time. We pray that you would give them grace. We pray as we send them out that they would go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit that your word would be brought to mind for every situation that they face. We send them out in the name of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in the name of Lone Oak First Baptist Church. Look forward to hearing the good report of what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.